0: Hey, this is sarah marie and you're listening to the soul of worship are you making a sound podcast here we study the word of god in an effort to get to know him more deeply so we can worship him more authentically soul of worship online bible study community we are currently deep diving into the book of psalms and unlocking the power with prayer and praise to make these studies more readily available, I will also be loading the audio from our weekly lunchtime live recaps to the Soul of Worship podcast. If you'd like to join our Monday night Zoom discussions or get the PDF downloads, you can register at www.soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study, or you can create a login to the workshop, our online learning portal at soulofworship.com forward slash workshops. Thank you for being here, and I pray that God speaks to you throughout today's class. So Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you for your intervening in our life today, Father God. Lord, I I believe that all things are for a great purpose. And so I trust in your plan. I trust that you are going to work all things out for good. I trust that you're going to be with us tonight, God. I trust that you are with us. And we just need to have our eyes open to, to feel you, to hear from you, to see you, to learn from you today. And so, God, I pray that you would take control of this Bible study from beginning to end. Lord, I surrender all control to you, Lord. I pray that you would speak through me. I pray, Lord, that your will will be done tonight. I pray that the hearts would be ready and receptive to hear this message, Lord, today, and that you would ignite within us a fire to continue to serve you and seek your face in one. In- Worshipful intimacy, Father, and in all that we do, that we would give you glory and praise and honor, Lord. I thank you, and I give you glory. I give you the glory that is due your name, God, Lord. You are worthy of it all, and we praise you, and we worship you, and we invite you here, Lord. You are welcome here. Come and dwell in our presence. Come and dwell in our homes. Come and dwell wherever the the listeners are connecting from right now. Come and dwell in this space, God, Lord. We thank you, and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing. Uh, God bless you. All right. So As you know, we are unlocking the power with prayer and praise. We are in the Psalms. We are digging into these Psalms and trying to find um, the kingdom keys, the revelations of God, the deep secrets of of his word so that we can receive these keys in the same way that David did, the same way that these um, worshipers did to see the power of God revealed in their life. Because I don't know about you, I want to receive and to walk in the power that God has for me as a believer, as a child of God. I don't want to walk um, wounded. I don't want to walk defeated. I want to walk in in God's desire for our lives. And so that is what we're going to do by continuing to study the, the biblical themes within the book of Psalms. And so today, this week is week 12 Um, in this study. I'm gonna do a quick recap of where we left off last time. And then we're gonna dig deep in today's topic. So this is a uh, kind of just opening up the surface of this topic of David, right, the psalmist, the one that we talk about all the time, uh, not only being a worshiper, but also a prophet. So his role in that um, and some of the messianic psalms, what we call messianic psalms, that he penned um, and that we read and we declare now. So we're going to talk about the power within that and the power of prophetic worship. Okay. This is where this is really going to. Uh, And so it's going to be great. Uh, And then at the end, I'll talk about some key takeaways. How do we apply this to our lives? How do we just not be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, talk about some next steps, announcements uh, from the soul of worship ministry. And then at the end, I will take some prayer requests. So if anyone has a prayer request, please put it into the chat. And even if you can't stay for the whole time, I would encourage you to still put it into the chat. And so that way um, we can still lift up that prayer request on to the Lord. And so what did we learn last time? Last time we were talking about the last two verses of of Psalm 23, uh, so that we were focusing on the fact that the Lord is not just our shepherd. He is also an excellent host. He is a host that prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. So with enemies surrounding us, even in the presence of danger, in the midst of hostility, the Lord invites us to just sit, to sit and dine with him in his presence, in his perfect peace. And that is the invitation that he gives to us when we follow him as our shepherd. He prepares this abundant table for us. And not only does he prepare it, but he welcomes us to sit and to dine and be with him. He welcomes us with the most excellent hospitality. He makes sure that we are anointed and not just anointed, but that our cup is overflowing. We have more than enough than we need when we keep our eyes focused on the good shepherd and we can see that he provides everything that we need and and the enemy's watching. The enemy can see what God is doing in our lives. And then we talked about how David says, and so the goodness of the Lord, the goodness and the mercy of God is going to continue to follow me all the days of my life. And we talked about the deeper word here, follow, that it's really more like a pursuit. Okay. Um, the, the way that it's being described, and what David is actually saying is again, remember the enemies are surrounding him. He has enemies chasing after him, but the love of God, the mercy of God, the unfailing steadfast love of God chases David down. even better than the enemy chases him down The, the lord rescues us before the enemy can even grab hold of us and so because of that that beautiful picture that god's goodness and mercy is always pursuing us chasing us down almost hunting us down so that we can make sure so that god makes sure that we have his goodness and his mercy that is such a powerful reality to know and so because of that, David chose the presence of God above everything else. And may we do the same. May we say, I, I just want to sit in the house of the Lord forever. I want to be at this table forever. I don't want to get up from this table, right? And this is the beauty of the gospel. This is the beauty of what Jesus has done for us that we can choose to dwell in his house. We can choose to sit at his table. We can choose to be in his presence forever. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the physical building. Whether you're walking through a valley, you can be seated at the table of God. Whether you're on a mountaintop, you can be seated at the table with the Lord, feasting with the Lord. And that is the most beautiful thing about God, right? Is that we can experience his presence everywhere amen and so david once again was living in a reality beyond his time right this is the new testament reality that we get to have because of the finished work of the cross but david experienced it because of his intimacy with the lord because of his intimacy he unlocked secrets ahead of his time and so that's part of what we are going to be talking about tonight so again, week 12, David, the prophet, consider this part two, because there's definitely a lot more coming in this topic. So when you think of David, right, what are the first words that come to your mind to describe him, right? You probably might think of, you know, typically speaking, we think of shepherd boy, we think of giant killer, we think of worshiper, right, the sweet psalmist of Israel, we think of his, him as the king of Israel, we may think of him as the man of war. And probably the highest calling or the highest title that he has, the man after God's own heart. And all of these things are true, but something that we don't often call David and something that we often miss is that we don't call him prophets. But in reality, he spoke things, again, ahead of his time. He prophesied of of the things to come. He prophesied of the Messiah. He knew truths about God more And he revealed those truths about God through his worship that truly are things that we cling on to this day. And so that is what we're going to be talking about today. So, what is a prophet? Let's take a step back. See, I mean, no, we hear the word, we talk about it, but what does it truly mean? So, in the in the most general sense, and the word most commonly used in the scriptures, um, in the Hebrew for prophet is pronounced nabi. Okay, and so a nabi it comes from the root word in Hebrew that means to bubble forth as from a mountain. Hence, it's to utter. It's right. It's a bubbling that comes out from your belly and it speaks right? Out of almost out of, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but it comes forth that it was almost like you can't necessarily control it, but it's an utterance that flows out. And so therefore a prophet proclaims the message that is given to him from the Lord. And so a prophet is a spokesperson for God. A prophet is the mouthpiece of God. A prophet speaks in the name of God, speaks in the name of Yahweh, speaks with God's authority, and he does it for the purpose of communicating God's mind, God's heart, and God's will for the people. This is what a prophet does, mostly for the edification of the church, right? The edification of the people to show, to share that God's plans are higher than your plans, that God's thoughts are better than your thoughts, right? And so we often think of prophets and prophecy as foretelling the future, right? Predicting the future, but foretelling is actually not a direct requirement of the office of prophet, but it is a natural product of understanding the heart of God. It's a natural byproduct of God's revelation through the vessel. When God starts speaking through someone, whether He's just reminding you that He's that He's your shepherd, or whether He's He's speaking through, you know, the just the written word, redeclaring what He's already spoken, He or, or, or revealing something new, oftentimes that comes with and times are going to get better. I am going to be with you. This is what I'm going to do with you. A child is coming. You know, there, there's, there's this in your future. There's that in your future because when God reveals his heart, he often get, he sees us as we will be because God knows already he's already in the end, right? He knows the beginning from, or the end from the beginning. And so it's again, a natural byproduct of having that communion with the Lord is knowing a future state, or what is to come, you can see how God sees and get a glimpse of the bigger picture of God's plan for your life, or your church, for a people, right? And so, and that's what is in in the Word of God, the, the the heart of God, God's plan for the people of Israel, and then to the whole world. And so, to prophesy can be defined as a, a couple different ways. It can be defined as declaring the word of the lord right you can take the word of the lord even just the written word of the lord and it can come alive and you can declare that word over a situation you can declare it over your household you can declare and you're prophesying to that situation just the same way the spirit of the lord right spoke to ezekiel to prophesy over the dry bones right he said speak Speak to them. Tell it to come alive. Tell it to come back. And these bones live. And so it's declaring what God has told you to declare and declaring what God has already said in his word. Okay. And so you can use, um, again, declaring and decreeing that's prophesying over situations by just declaring the word of the Lord also to prophesy, you know, by, of course, by the Holy Spirit, when suddenly the Holy Spirit gives you an understanding, gives you an explanation of the mysteries in the word, the hidden sense of scripture, right, that you suddenly get this immediate illumination, you know, by the motion of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you suddenly understand something, you suddenly get a knowing, you suddenly have um even a knowing about someone, right, a knowing about even the word of God, that is from, the Holy Spirit. And in those moments, you can prophesy what that new revelation or that understanding is. But to prophesy is also defined in the word of God as singing by the authority of the Holy Spirit. This is prophetic worship. And um, we're not going to go into it too much tonight, but next week, we're going to talk about the prophetic worshipers that Samuel raised up and how that Ties into why David himself was also a prophetic worshiper, that the songs that he sang, inspired by the Holy Spirit, carried authority, carried truth, and therefore are prophetic. And then, of course, as we said before, when the Lord speaks to a prophet, oftentimes it also includes foretelling, telling of things to come. A Messiah is coming, right? There's going to be a day where I'm going to do this. There's going to be a day that, that the, the rivers are going to dry up, right? There's going to be a day, um, whatever the case may be. And so that, of course, is also included in prophecy. So bringing this back to David in David's last words that were written in second Samuel chapter 23, it says, now these are the last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse, thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. This is what he said. The spirit of the Lord spoke by me. And his word was on my tongue. This is David understanding, even in his last words that were written, that he understood that everything he spoke and everything he wrote and everything he sang was from the Lord. That it was God's word on his tongue because the spirit of the Lord was upon him and therefore spoke through him so we can we can understand that because David had the spirit of the Lord upon him that God used David mightily as a prophet to flesh out many of God's promises in his writings the Psalms that we so cherish and so we can believe that the Holy Spirit was behind the, David's entire contribution to the Old testament these are the prophetic songs that David wrote and he Released them unto the Lord by the authority of the Holy Spirit that was upon him. All of these truths, all of these revelations, all of these promises that we stand on, David knew these promises, because he experienced these promises, because God revealed these characteristics of his nature. And we can only put two and two together here. And that the reason God revealed so much to him was because he spent that time in a secret place, because he spent time in an in intimacy with the Lord, because he spent time worshiping through his prayer and his praise. And then he did not keep these revelations to himself that he said, Oh my goodness. Thank you, God, for revealing yourself to me in this way, for saving me in this way. And therefore, I'm going to release these songs of deliverance so that not only am I receiving this prophetic understanding of who God is, but I can release that word into our congregation, into our families, into our into the people of Israel so that they too can experience the revelations that I I have seen. That's why so many of David's songs are going, sing, sing to the Lord a new song. Because if you sing to the Lord a new song, you are going to declare the word of the Lord through your melody. You're going to declare the word of the Lord. And whatever it is that God reveals to us in the secret place is meant for us. Yes, we receive it first, we digest it, understand it, but then when God says release, we release it so that others can then experience the power of God's word and God's understanding and God's truth through the songs that we sing. And so, if you go looking through the scriptures and the and the um, New Testament writings and and the the prophecies that prove that Jesus is who he is um, and that he is the Messiah, approximately half of the Old Testament references to the Messiah that are quoted by the New Testament writers that are quoted by Peter, quoted by Paul, right? They're written the psalms over half of them are quoted from the psalms and so we can see that david's words were truly not only a revelation of who god is and who he was in that moment in that generation for david but knowing that god doesn't change he is still the same yesterday and today and forever but also that that david received revelation of the messiah of the savior to come Even Jesus himself, this in Luke 24, this is after Jesus is already resurrected and he's spending those days, 40 days with the disciples, continuing to minister to them, continuing to speak to them, to put all these, you know, connect all these dots. Jesus said, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. So Jesus right here is telling us that not only was the law of Moses a declaration of God's desire, right, for his people, that the prophets who wrote for the Lord were prophetic as well, but that the Psalms pointed to Jesus as well. Now, of course, Every scripture is inspired by God. Every scripture is from the Holy Spirit. From Genesis to Revelation, it all points to God's plan to redeem humanity. Yes, we can say that. But there's something specific about how it points to Jesus. And there's something specific about what's written in the prophets and what's written in the Psalms, that it's important for us to capture the power of a prophetic song and that the power that that worship has to create an atmosphere of the prophetic gifts of the Holy Spirit, like that is powerful. And so it's something that we can have access to as well if our worship is in spirit and in truth as well. Acts chapter two, verse 29 to 31. Now this is Peter speaking this. This is Peter's very first sermon, okay? After the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on those 120 in the upper room, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They've got tongues of fire on them. And the very first sermon that suddenly Peter feels released to say, talks about David. He said, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the price to sit on his throne, he, foreseeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. So once again... Like I said at the beginning, we don't necessarily consider David a prophet. It's not one of the first things that we talk about. It's not one of the first things that we use to describe David. But even in this revelation that Peter receives being filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the first things that he just suddenly realizes is, wow, David wasn't talking about himself. David wasn't talking about a literal, you know, um son of his but that he was there speaking as a prophet through his psalms and he saw that a fruit of his body according to the flesh christ would sit on his throne this is the christ this is jesus this is messiah because david unfortunately did die and did get buried and did not resurrect right but instead the one who was buried and did resurrect is jesus of Nazareth and we saw it and we saw him alive afterwards and now the Holy Spirit has come and we're understanding that and because Jesus told us about what was concerning us about what was written about him in the Psalms and now we're understanding it because now we got the Holy Spirit power upon us and so we can see that David was acting as prophet and so you kind know, of with that background, we're going to start dissecting some of the, what we would call messianic references in the Psalms, these lines in these songs that point to Christ, that point to the Messiah. And so we're going to call this segment, the Christ of the Psalms, right? And, and the one, and there's many things that are revealed in these Psalms. There's A ton of references that point to Jesus. And so the the one topic that we're going to talk about today, just to get us started in this, this is going to take us a few weeks probably, to get us started in this is the fact that Jesus, I'm sorry, that David was revealed that the Messiah would be considered the son of God. Okay. Let's read this. Psalm chapter two, verse seven. David wrote, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. This is what David heard. David heard the Lord tell him, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Now, whether or not it was uh, the Lord telling this directly to David or the Lord overheard this conversation in the heavenlies because of his intimacy with God, we don't know. But either way, it was, he said, I'm going to declare the decree. I'm going to declare what I heard. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. And so we see that this is fulfilled in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, when it says, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, when when Jesus walked the earth, one of the most offensive things to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, to the religious leaders of the time, was the fact that he would refer to himself as the son of God or to refer to God as father, right? Right. And so by him saying father, father, they're like, What how how dare you call God father? Like, how dare you refer to him as a father? And so, this is the, the revelation of the fact that the Messiah would be considered the son of God, right? This is brand new revelation that is not it's was revealed to David, and now it's being revealed through Jesus in this moment, and because I mean, maybe it was that David got a a peek into this moment, you know, that, that Jesus had in Matthew chapter three, but David was able to see it possibly in a vision. We don't right? we don't know, but either way, these two pieces point to the fact that Jesus is the son of God. Now, this, is also, this particular verse is also quoted multiple times in the New Testament. A couple more examples. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 say, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed. Excuse me, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they for to which of the angels did he ever say you are my son today i have begotten you and again i will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son So here we have the writer in Hebrews, again, inspired by the Holy Spirit, explaining just how Powerful it is right from the very beginning that the Messiah is the son of God and that he is the brightness of his glory, that he's the image of God, that he's upheld all these things by the powerful ministry that he had, that he purged our sins, right? That he completed the mission of God. And after that sat down at the right hand of of God, the right hand of the majesty, like that is such a powerful way to say that and saying that this was not just a just a regular guy or this wasn't just like a you know a powerful person in biblical history but this was the son of god this is the son of god he says for to which of the angels did god ever say you are my son today i have begotten you so here it is a direct quote from psalm chapter 2 verse 7 And then again, he quotes Samuel, uh, when in Samuel, Nathan, the prophet, speaks to David and tells him of the time to come, of the heir that would always sit on his throne. And he said, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. So both of these quotes to prove that Jesus is the son of God. Are taken from the life of David, are taken from the words that were spoken to David and then the words that came out of David through his worship. I don't know about you, but this is powerful stuff to connect all these dots from Old Testament to New Testament and to see that David was revealed things because of his intimacy with the Lord. And you will hear me repeat that a thousand times because that is what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to get closer to him in intimacy so that he can reveal to us things that we do not know. Right. It says that in Jeremiah, that's how David talked. I'm that sorry. That's how God talked to Jeremiah. He said, I will show you things. I will reveal to you things that you don't know. I will show it to you. And so that is what God wants us to do as well. But we have to have that listening ear and we got to get close to the Lord so that we can be revealed things that we don't know. And then we can know them, right? One more example in Acts chapter 13, verses 32 to 36, this is the apostle Paul preaching and he is speaking, um, And he's saying this, he's given the good news, right? He says, we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. I'm here to give you good news about the promises. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. As it is also written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another Psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. So once again, another example, now the apostle Paul, who again, was very, a very educated man in scripture. And he also, once he was transformed by the Holy Spirit, became a new creation, started preaching the word of God after he was, you know, someone who um, persecuted the church. But now that he has new understanding and new revelation could point to three Psalms, that David wrote that point to Jesus being the Son of God. To me, maybe I'm just a nerd about this stuff, but it makes me so excited to see this uh, again. To bring all these pieces together and see how powerful it is and how meaningful our worship is and why God wants a worshiping church. Because what we declare and what we release through our worship can have generational impact, right? David, if David didn't become the man that he was supposed to be, If he decided to live sinful life, he decided to be like Saul and stop listening to the Holy Spirit, then none of these things would have been written. None of these things would have been revealed to David. God would have had to use somebody else to bring the revelation. But because David chose to stay close to the Lord, he was able to write revelation of God that changed generations of people and still impacts generations of people. And so once again, David sang what God revealed to him. So here we see that through David's lifelong intimacy with the Lord, David was revealed things about the Messiah and David used his songs to prophesy the word of the Lord. David declared through song what he heard God say in the secret place. I'm going to say that again. David declared through song what he heard God say in the secret place. David heard God say that God would be a son through his lineage and that this son would have the nations as his inheritance, right? And so this son of God that David heard about from the Lord is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is powerful revelation that David was able to see ahead of his time. And then the Holy Spirit confirmed it. The Holy Spirit confirmed that these prophetic, um, confirmed that these songs were prophetic through the Holy Spirit and filled apostles and writers of the New Testament. That David in himself was a prophetic worshipper, and so we are called to release the sound of heaven. We are called to release the word of the Lord. God's word is still living. God's word is still active. And God still speaks today. And as I said before, God is desiring for a worship-filled church to decree and declare his already established word, but also to release the new sounds, to release the deeper revelations that God is showing us in the secret place. But like I said in the very beginning, if we don't take the time to sit in his presence, if we don't take the time to worship him, if we don't take the time to praise him, if we don't take the time to even sit still and listen to God, to allow him to deposit revelation in you, to allow him to speak to you, to allow him to open up your ears to his voice, to allow him to open up your ears to the sound of heaven, then we'll never be able to release what God wants to release. And let me tell you that God wants to release some stuff. He wants us to greatly desire his presence so that we can become the prophetic worshipers that God is seeking. God is seeking those that worship him in spirit and in truth. He doesn't want us just being Holy Spirit inspired, but we never actually focus on the truth. And he doesn't want us to be so focused on the truth that there's no fire in what we do. He wants us to have both of them right it's got to be good theology with the holy spirit fire with the sealing with the purification with the with the boldness with the um passion and the purifying the pureness the reverence of the holy spirit as well and this is what god is calling for us to be. He wants us to declare his word in our atmospheres. He wants us to release, like I said before, prophetic worship that declares the word of the Lord, that you that you sing over your children, that you sing over your family, that you sing over your congregation, that you sing over your city, that you sing over your nation, that you sing over and you declare God's promises through your song. If God did not want us to sing, there wouldn't be so many references in the word of God that talk about the power that is released when people worship him. There were battles that were won when people, all they had to do was worship him. When the people, all they said was, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. And as they worshiped, God would send ambushes. There were times where people were in prison and all that they did was sing psalms and prison doors were opened up. There is power in our worship. There is power in what we release. The power of life and death is in our tongue. And we are called to be the worshipers of God that speak his truth, that declare his his spirit, that declare his heart, that release his heart and communicate God's heart over the people. And that's why it's so important for us to be in tune with God, especially as worship leaders. We have to be in tune with God. We've got to know how to hear God. Because when you're leading a congregation into the spirit of into the throne room of heaven, into a time of intimate worship, we have to know what God wants to do in that place. As worship leaders, we have to have our ears so attuned that we know what God wants to do, that we can hear the sound of heaven, that we can hear God say, sing that song again, that we can hear God say, I want you to say this, that we can hear God say, I need you to actually change the song altogether. I need you to go here and I need you to go there. And when we're in tune with the sound of heaven, that we are not so worried about our programs and worried about what we think other people are going to do, but we can actually follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, there is going to be a breaking in the atmosphere. There is going to be a release of bondage. There is going to be an elevation to a higher place of glory, If as a worship leader, you know what God wants to do, because if you lead a congregation without being, having no relationship with God, no relationship with the Holy spirit, you are just going to sing a song, but you are not going to break open atmospheres. I don't know why I'm even going there. Okay. I don't know why I'm even going there, but I'm releasing now what the Lord is putting in my mouth. And that is let's, not focus so much about how we sound to our human ears, but let us release a sound that is in tune with the sound of heaven. Let us release a sound that we know will shift atmospheres, that will break chains off of people, that will declare that our children will be saved, that declare that our children will be free of, of anxiety, that we declare that every spirit that comes against, every high thing that comes against the truth of god has to be cast down in the name of jesus let us use our worship to speak truth and to declare the word of the lord we must declare the word of the lord through our song or otherwise you're just making noise i'm sorry you're just making noise And it may even sound good to human ears, but God, I know that God would rather have a roar come out of his people, a roar that actually gets demons scared and running away, than for us to just sing a pretty song in exactly 20 minutes and move on to the next thing. And that people come in and they leave in the exact same position. No, I wanna make an atmosphere through the power of the Holy Spirit, through his anointing, through his authority. That no one who is sitting there captive can stay comfortable in that type of atmosphere. No, my my goal, right? My goal because of, of the, the, the goal that God has, right? My mission as a worship leader is to be sure that we're creating an atmosphere that can then prepare that person to hear from God. Because if they're sitting there in bondage, they then can't receive what the pastor is going to preach, mm. No, we have to clear the atmosphere. We have to open up eyes, open up hearts. And that is why worship needs to occur. Powerful, breaker-filled worship has to occur first because it will prepare the congregation to then be able to hear the word of the Lord. That makes sense? My God. So, With that being said, that was just what I wanted to start focusing on for this week. As we continue to go into this topic of David as prophet, the prophetic psalms, prophetic worship in and of itself. um, We're going to focus next week on Samuel's band of prophets. If you didn't know, Samuel, he was, I mean, we'll talk about it next time, but you know, he was one of the first prophets to come in a long time and then God allowed him to train up all their pro- other prophets. And let me tell you that every time we encounter these band of prophets in Sam in Samuel 1 and 2, they have musical instruments in their hands. And as they're prophesying, it is accompanied by music. And so there is, there's definitely a correlation there, people. And we're going to talk about, so Samuel's band of prophets and how this likely impacted David's worship. That might take. The whole lesson next week. But if not, we're also going to start deep diving into Psalm 22, because it is one of the most commonly referred to Messianic Psalms. I mean, Jesus himself quotes this on the cross quotes from Psalm 22 on the cross. Um, And so it is talks about the suffering, the praise and the posterity of the Messiah. And so we're going to also be deep diving into there. So there's definitely more to come in this topic. Um, It's really powerful. As I said before, it's really rich. And I hope that today, even just scratching the surface, (laughs) it will get you interested to keep plugging in as we keep plugging in and learning about um, again, these kingdom keys. So practical application. How are we going to apply this to our lives? What does this mean to me, Sarah Marie? So let me know. For those that are still on with me tonight, so what are you taking away from today? Let me know in the chat what you are taking away from today, so that way we can share with each other what we are learning, what we are grabbing from um, this Bible study tonight. What did the Lord say to you? Um, And I just want to double check that I can actually see the comments over here, Um, and so let me Let me see here, praise the Lord. I'm gonna give you a minute or two. Let me know what you guys are taking away from today. Of course, this is now playing on the side. (laughs) Praise the Lord, okay. All right, so if y'all are shy, I'll give you a few. First of all, I hope you remember that when the Holy Spirit is upon us, like the Holy Spirit was on David, the gift of prophecy is very much alive, okay? Prophe- this Holy Spirit gives us many gifts, okay? It's the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of revelation. It's the spirit of God. <laughs> the spirit of Jesus. And with that comes the gift of prophecy. And so this is not just something from the Old Testament, not just something from the New Testament. It is, this is alive and well right now in the church and if you are not used to it if this is not something that you've even ever activated in your life then pray to the lord say lord I want want the Holy Spirit and I want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, would you pour out on me the gift of prophecy, right? Uh, Get my heart ready to receive this gift. Help me to to do and to prophesy by my singing, by my words When I pray for others, may I pray in a way that declares your word and that speaks your utterances and, and, and brings your word that I can be your mouthpiece into whatever environment that I'm walking in. And so know that this is available to you, to us as Holy Spirit-filled and empowered individuals. And God, I want you to know God still wants to share his heart with you. He wants to share his heart with us. He wants to communicate his desires for us. And worship is such a great way to inquire into the heart of God. It is such a great way to have communication with God. It is such a great way to unlock the secrets of the kingdom. Um, And so I really, really encourage you to spend time praising God, worshiping God even way before you even start asking God for anything, just worship Him, worship Him. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, I shared I think late last week um, on my on my channels um, or on my profiles whatever you want to call them, seven ways to saturate your prayer time with worship. And it's it's really simple and practical ways of how to worship more when you're spending time with God, right? Um, And so if you haven't looked at that yet, go, go do that and implement them because they truly will open up your, um, they'll transform your time. They'll transform the time that you spend in in the presence of the Lord. And so I will say this every single week. (laughs) but we have to sing to the Lord. He wants us to sing to him. So let us powerfully declare God's word through song. Let's declare what's already written and whatever God reminds you of and reveals to you in the secret place of prayer. He wants you to release it. It's not, it's Ninety-nine percent of the time, not just for you. Whatever God reveals to you, it's for you in the moment to nourish you, and then it's for you to keep spreading it, to keep revealing it, to keep releasing it um, wherever you go. You know, we had a great example in um, in our Zoom Bible study on Monday nights, and so one of the sisters said, "Yeah, you know, I because we're talking about Psalm twenty-three for a couple of weeks." And she said, yeah, I, you know, I sent a prayer text to, um, or I sent a text to a group of friends. And at the end, I just reminded them, you know, that goodness and mercy follow them. And, and that's beautiful because it's something that we were talking about and now she is releasing it and she's declaring it and she's decreeing that over her friends. And that is powerful. And that is how it is meant to be. Uh, And one last scripture that I want to leave you with, just in case you were saying again, oh, that's just an Old Testament thing. No, singing psalms and praising the Lord with songs is most definitely a New Testament thing. So Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20 says, But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. So here we have the Apostle Paul, who just earlier in this chapter, if you read Ephesians, um, just earlier in that chapter, he was, you know, giving instructions about how to walk in the light, how to walk by grace, how to redeem the time because the days are evil. And then he says, this is how you do it. You are filled with the Holy Spirit and then you sing and then you worship. And not only do you sing over each other, but you sing to the Lord, right? You sing to the Lord and over each other. That is releasing the songs of the spirit. That is that I'm singing to the Lord. I'm making melody in my heart and then I'm going to speak to one another in song. Come on, I'm gonna sing over my friends. I'm gonna prophesy, declare the word of the Lord. Spiritual songs, even in just that that phrase, the the deeper meaning in the Greek is songs of the spirit, right? Songs of the spirit, meaning songs that come to you because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so this is what God wants to do because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with it, and then sing what the Lord tells you. <laughs> like this is so powerful. So Again, we're going to continue to dive deep into this concept of prophetic worship and know that it is a critical aspect of, of withstanding evil, right? Of being able to stand in this day is to know the weapon you have in your, in your spiritual warfare of worship. Amen. All right. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you. And I give you glory and I give you praise. And I declare, God, that you are awesome and wonderful and mighty to save. You are so great. You are worthy of all of my praise, all of... All of it, God. And so, Lord, I just lift up my my hands unto you. I lift up my heart to you, Father God. Lord, I just pray that you would seal this word, God. Lord, you know what, what we went through today to even get this word out. And so I pray that it would speak to the right people, Lord, and even as they watch the replay and as this gets loaded up into YouTube and into the workshop portal, Lord, that you would continue to to bring revelation from the Holy Spirit of these deep concepts, Lord. And I just, I give you praise. I give you honor. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing today and what you've already done and what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would Activate the prophetic worshipers, God, right now in the name of Jesus. And that you would remind us to release the sound of heaven. Release the sound of heaven that moves mountains and brings heaven down. My God, Lord, empower us, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, I've got a couple of announcements and then we will take some prayer requests if you have any. So uh, for those that may be joining us for the first time, since this is a different time than I normally go live on Wednesdays, um, this is our weekly schedule for our online Bible studies. So every Monday we do a Zoom group discussion at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So if you wanna be part of the Zoom group discussion, which again is more interactive because we're all chatting with each other, um, you can register on my website and I'll show the, the... the website page in just a second but if you register at soulofworship.com uh Put your name and email you'll get the zoom link and you can join us any, you know, Monday night that that works for you. It's not on, it's not broadcasted. It's just on zoom. Then on Tuesdays, I send out an email with this whole PDF download with the uh, presentation that you can use to double check your notes. Uh, maybe you missed the beginning, or you can certainly um, share it with others. If you are a Bible study instructor or want to use it uh, for any reason, you certainly can. Um, And then I also load up the PDF into the workshop, which is our online learning portal. And on Wednesdays, normally I am live at 12 o'clock Eastern time for what we call lunchtime live. And I go live on Facebook and Instagram live to do the full recap because not every Monday are you able to join. Um, And so we like to uh, do the Wednesday recap for those who miss it or that it just works better for your schedule to watch it on your own time. And then on Thursdays, what I do is I take the Facebook live video and then I load it into our online learning portal, the workshop. I also load it into YouTube and Apple Podcasts Um, for those who may have missed it or want to rewatch. So I invite you to go back and look at previous weeks. If you're like, man, I really need I would like to deep dive on what you were talking about. Psalm 23 or, you know, from the beginning of, of week one of this study, it's all available on my online learning portal. Available on my social media pages, YouTube, um, and again, also on the Apple podcast. So there's many places to continue to uh, absorb the word of God through this Bible study ministry. Um, As I mentioned before, if you haven't registered and you want to participate, I actually do have the link in the chat as well. Um, You can go to soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study, and then you'll be on the list and you'll get all the updates and the Zoom link. Um, I mentioned before the workshop, this is what it looks like. And so um, for each of the weeks, you get the recap video and the PDF downloads right there in one spot. So you can easily watch it. Um, And uh, and again, you can leave comments in that portal as well. And I do respond to those. uh, And you just have everything all in one place. So if you haven't made uh, an online login for our online learning portal, the workshop, I would encourage you to do so. If you haven't already connected with the soul of worship ministry, I would encourage you to follow on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at soul of worship. I mentioned the podcast. It's called soul of worship. Are you making a sound? The workshop is uh soul of forward slash workshop. You can create a login there. Uh, YouTube, the handle is soul of worship ministry. And if you feel so led, you can support the soul of worship ministry, um, by sewing at soul of forward slash. Partner, or you can also support the ministry shop, uh, soloworship.com forward slash shop. We have books and hoodies and t shirts and coffee mugs and um, a bunch of stuff there that you can, uh, that I'm sure you would love. And it, of course, supports the ministry. If you are local to uh, Pennsylvania, we have at our church, Pentecostal Christian Church, Mission of Love, and of course sponsored by Soul of Worship Ministry, we have an event coming up called Waffles and Worship. It's on March 11th at 10 a.m. We're going to have a Top Your Own Waffle Buffet, and it's going to be followed by a Bible study teaching uh, for teens and adults from my book, Soul of Worship, Are You Making a Sound? Um, and then we're going to have a separate Praise Kids class for kids ages 3 to 12. And so everyone's going to be learning about worship and putting it into practice after they get a yummy waffle meal. And so if you want to join us, you can secure your seat at soulofworship.com forward slash events. It is a ticketed event. This is a fundraiser for our, um, for our rallies that we do in the summertime in the parks. And so, uh, if you want, to grab a seat, we also have limited space, want to make sure to get your your tickets at soulofworship.com forward slash events. If you can't make it out to the event, but you're like, oh, you wrote a book, I would love to have that. Um, You can get the book, Soul of again, Worship, Are You Making a Sound?, um, it's a 12 week Bible study. It goes in depth into 12 different aspects of worship, it gives you the biblical scriptures to read, uh, questions to answer. And so you can get the book on my website, soul of forward slash book. Um, or you can also order it on Amazon or wherever good books are sold. Uh, my full name is Sarah Marie Papolo. If you want to, um, you know, Google it. It'll come up for sure. Uh, but again, just even worship are you making a sound that will get you the book. But again, go on my website, you will find the links for it. Uh, I also created an online video course that corresponds with the book. And so if you're the type of person that you're like, you know, what? I'm not really going to read this, but I want to learn Definitely take advantage of the online course, or if you want to do the chapter first in your own time, and then you want to hear the the supplement to it through the videos, that is a great way to do the study as well. Um, And so if you want to take advantage of getting the book and the video lessons to supplement your learning, you can find that at soloworship.com forward slash course. All right. Those are all my announcements. And if anybody has a prayer request, we certainly can take that um, now. And so I will wait for a minute or two. um, If anybody has something that they would like to share. Um, Was this helpful? Did the Lord speak to somebody? Did you grab something? (laughs) I pray that you did. (laughs) Amen. All right, let's see. All right, while this comes I'll give it another minute because I know there's always a delay <laughs> with prayer week, with comments coming through before I see them. So I'm just going to pray in general over our, you know what, I'm going to pray. I've, has anybody been hearing about um, the revivals that are breaking out at the college campuses? Um, it started in Asbury, I think it's university. I think it's in Kentucky. So they went in, it is a Christian college and they went in on a Thursday or a Wednesday for like their regular chapel service and they haven't left Like it's over like 150 hours. They've just been worshiping and um, it's so pure. Like you see the videos, it's just like, it's so beautiful. And the Lord is moving in this young people. And now it's breaking out in other college campuses. It's been so, so beautiful. And I would love for, you know, we just pray for that to continue and that fire to keep spreading. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for what you are doing. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing among this generation, among the young people, God. Lord, we pray that you would continue to move across college campuses, across the nation, my God. Lord, turn our hearts toward you, God. Lord, turn and let it be through worship, Lord, through worship that they just continue to sing unto you. And as they sing, Lord, that you Change hearts and transform lives, Lord, and that Your presence would continue to just fill these campuses, Lord God, and that You would change lives. That this revival fire would continue to spread across the nation, Lord. We're believing, Lord, that You will continue. That that we're our hearts are ready for this, God. We are ready for the mighty move of God that we've been praying for. And God, I pray that this does not stop, but it continues to get bigger and greater, that it will be on the news, that people will drive to these places where your presence is being hosted, my God. And Lord, that you will do a mighty, mighty, mighty work through this great revival that is birthing out of our generation, our young generation, Lord. We proclaim that this young generation belongs to you, Lord. Lord, just as it says in Joel chapter two, Lord, that our our daughters, that you, that the Holy Spirit would pour out on all flesh, and that our young kids, our daughters, our sons would prophesy, that they will prophesy and they will dream dreams and they will have visions. God, that you will, that your Holy Spirit will pour out on men servants and maid servants, God, on all flesh. Lord, we believe it and we proclaim it and we pray for your Holy Spirit to continue to move in a mighty way in Jesus' name, Amen. Yes, yes, yes. They're coming from afar to join worship at the campus. So good. Yes. Glory to God. i pray for my Aunt Anna. She's battling breast cancer. Yes. Okay. So Father God, Lord, we present to you, uh, my sister's Aunt Anna, Father God, Lord, you know what she's going through. You know her Um. Her, her her current ailments, Father God, but nothing is too um, hard for you, God. Lord, nothing is too hard for you, and your hands, your healing hand has not been cut off, and so, Lord, right now, we, we're asking for, for your mercy over Anna. We're asking, Lord, that you would extend your healing hand upon her chest right now, Father God, as she's battling this breast cancer. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that every cancer cell would dissolve right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I I declare healing over her body by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, your word says that through your stripes, we have been healed. And Lord, this work is already done. The the healing promise, the healing power has already been uh, completed by the work Jesus you did on the cross. And so we know that healing is our portion. And so we ask for your mercy and that you would extend your healing right now over Anna, Father God, comfort her, reveal yourself in a new and powerful way in her life, Lord, Lord, let her regain her strength. Lord, let her immune system be boosted and return to normal. Lord, let every cell just dissolve and leave her body that is cancerous, Father God. Every cancerous cell to be gone from her body, Lord. And for you to restore. Anything that has been damaged, Father God, Lord, and we pray right now that it would that it would not spread anywhere else, Father God, but that it would be gone from her body, Lord, Lord, and that this would be for Your glory and for Your honor, Lord, that the doctors would be marvelled at the at the fact that lumps would be gone, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that she won't. Have to have any surgery that she won't have to go through any more, Lord, but that it would be a miraculous intervention, Lord, directly from your throne room. God, release your healing virtue over Anna right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we pray and we believe on her behalf, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I don't see any other one, any other prayer requests coming through, but I I thank you for joining me again today. Um again, sorry for the earlier thing, but I'm glad the issue is resolved (laughs) and that I was able to still complete this tonight. So I love you all. I bless you all in the name of Jesus. And if you need anything at all, you know, where to find me. Okay. So God bless you and we will see you soon. Are you walking through a season of barrenness? Do you need to stir up spiritual growth in your life? In worship, are you making a sound? Author Sarah Marie Popolo shares praise and worship that will transform your walk with the Lord. You'll gain new insight into the powerful tool God has given you in worship. Walk through this 12-week Bible study and learn how to use your voice to declare God's promises over your life and watch your desert flourish into a garden of praise and triumph. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv. As a reminder, this Bible study is available as a PDF download on my online learning portal called The Workshop. To download this study with all of the notes and scripture references, please go to www.soulofworship.com forward workshop and join our community. The link is also in the show notes. All right, that's it for today's episode. Don't forget to follow the Soul of Worship ministry on Instagram and Facebook and join the email newsletter so you never miss out on new Bible study resources and live Bible study and worship events. Find it all on www.soulofworship.com. Until next time, keep on praising.